troops. This is the Eagle Podcast, the home of accountability. This week on the Eagle Podcast, I welcome legend, fell runner, ultra runner. She runs 100 miles like we run 5Ks. She's run the Barclay. She's run this. She's run that. She could run rings around you. It's the legendary Nikki Spinks. Um, if you're lacking a little bit of motivation, or maybe you were training for an event which you think's not going to happen, I have got the absolute pinnacle of ultra running. It's Nikki Spinks. Nikki, how are you doing? Yeah, very good. Had a good day. Good day. Um, Nikki, uh, I don't know if a lot of people know this about you, but you are a British farmer. That is a hard job. Uh, what does life look like at the moment for you on the farm? COVID-19, has it affected you? It hasn't really affected our farming so much. We're not going to market, which okay. we probably would be doing on a Tuesday. We usually go to market. But um, apart from that, we haven't really got anything to sell. And what we have got to sell, you can sell privately. So yeah, I mean, we are, you know, we are key workers. We could be going out a lot more than what we are, but we actually we choose to be um, more at home at the moment. And would you have people coming in from from the local area to help you work on the farm, or is it just is it just yourselves? No, no, it's just me and my husband. But wow, yeah, I think at the moment we were planning to be away, like yeah, in, yeah. yeah weekend so we would have had a herdsman our friend comes in and looks after the cows so we would have seen him and yeah we'd have had more interaction with other farmers but we're just all keeping ourselves to ourselves <clears throat> the only person that came on is this week we had the the footman come to the bulls and do their feet this week so right <laughs> we i mean we never we're not like farmers aren't exactly hugging people <laughs> So um, <laughs> it wasn't really a problem. You, yeah, you distance. <laughs> your your herd. Are you raising beef cattle? Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, a friend of mine has a dairy herd. Um, so she's up at early doors. So that being said, you must be somewhere in the same three thirty, two thirty ballpark, maybe. Oh no, we don't. Not for beef cattle. All no. right. Okay. I get up at six now. I've I've got into a routine because I, I, I like a routine. I think people are very similar to animals. I mean, we are animals. We like routine. 100%. So as soon as this happened, I had to ditch the fact that I wasn't going to the Barclay the following week, uh, um, sort out, wow. you know, all that sort of stuff. That was not a very pleasant day. But then I just thought, well, I need a routine every morning. I'll just get up and go for a runner. I rarely run, every, I don't run every day but I've just decided that that's what I'm going to do because also I'm also aware that, you know, we never know after Easter, we might go, right. Okay. We need to lock down totally and you're not allowed to exercise. Yeah. Um, well, so I'm, I'm going out because I never know. I'm not taking it for granted that I'll be able to go out on the next day. It, it's interesting, Nikki, because as a society, we, have, we, we do take things for granted. Um, yeah. And what do you think this process will teach us? I think to appreciate stuff. I mean, I, I still, um, yeah, Friday I was doing my my long run and I, while I was out there, I sort of, a little bit selfishly, I thought, this isn't as bad for me as when I mm. had cancer and I yeah. didn't know 
when it was going to end. I mean, I, we don't know when this is going to end, but we do I know it is going to end. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying there. And, and obviously because you've, you're a really robust, arduous person. So I feel like people in your mould will find COVID-19 not as stressful. And it sounds to me like you're literally going about day-to-day -day life as you would go yeah. about day-to-day -day life, apart from obviously the race season's being cancelled. I mean, yesterday, I don't know, for some reason, I just had a, a grumpy day. <laughs> it was just, I couldn't really put my finger on what had made me grumpy. I yeah. needed I needed to not be with my husband because I was going to fake it out on him, which it's not his fault I was having a grumpy day. Um, and I was just glad when I went to bed and I woke up today and I've had a good day. So, but I think I learned that when I had cancer as well, because mm. emotionally you don't really know what's going on in your head. Some yeah. days you're going to have a bad day and just accept it and just get through that day, go to bed, and the next day will be better. And the next day, uh, get better. So um, you've, you've brought some really good, good topics there, and we sort of spoke before the podcast. How do people keep training for events they don't know are going to go ahead? How do you keep motivated? Um, what, what are you doing to keep motivated? Yeah, because I, I think I don't know that any of my, my races, the, next, the only race now that hasn't been cancelled, um, although there, there would be fell races that I could do in July or August, yeah. I don't need to enter yet. But yeah. the Tour de Géants, which is in Italy at the yeah. end of August, it's it's pretty doubtful, I think. Yeah, um, especially where Italy are um, yeah. as a country right now, and and even if even if the best will in the world, people say lockdown's finished. Um, I don't know about you, like traveling abroad. Um, I I can see us being um, homebirds for yeah. maybe the whole of 2020 and it, and it opens yeah. up yeah. it it opens up actually an opportunity to maybe would you ever consider going and doing a race when normally you say you were going to go to Italy in, in, in August but you can't would you look at something in the UK and think well I've never done that race uh, but yeah, now uh, I can um, so I've always liked Scotland um, I've spent 100%. a lot of time in the Lake District I've sort of yeah, and then I I went to meet, moved not moved to Wales, but I've I've done quite a lot in Wales. There's still yeah. a lot of exploring I could do in Wales, and it's very near home. But Scotland's just, I mean, I've got some books now for Aaron and for Sky. Yeah, uh, yeah, and so I think I think initially I'd be looking to just go up there and do some like mountainous challenges or something. I've never been on the Cooling Ridge, and everybody raves about it. Yeah, I think it's definitely not really. I'm not. Yeah, if they t if they cancel the Tour de Géants, I think I've already got my head around the fact that I wouldn't be going. I'd feel sorry for the the people that are out there. That you know, I, I booked my Airbnb, and I feel sorry for yeah. those people. It's catastrophic, and you know, we yeah. are gonna we are gonna feel it as a society. And um, I'm in the same boat in the regards of we booked to do um, the Hardener with sixty. Um, that'll be my first event ultra running event ever i've just booked it because i wanted a challenge i've literally i'm going to go from half marathon to 62 miles um which is is a super challenge but i'm one i'm really looking forward to um but i am finding hard to keep that motivation thinking because it get obviously nikki it gets hard doesn't it you know when you start running 
you start running distance and I'm not really, I'm not really uh, a runner. Like I'm forcing myself to become a runner. So I know how hard it's going to be for me. Hopefully uh, John Steele's got a category that he calls first shire. So I'm hoping to get in, <laughs> in the first shire category. Um, what would you say top tip for people um, to stay motivated on a routine for a race? Yeah. So at the moment, obviously I, I like going to big mountains and doing quite a lot of hiking, walking up, yeah. getting to the scent in, say, 3,000 ascent of a weekend or something. And I, yeah. I can't do that around here. I can, I can run for about 12, 13 miles and get about 1,000 metres of ascent. Right. But what, I, what I've tried to work on is my, my sort of what I think is my weaknesses. I'm not very good at running on the flat or running consistently. So I've got a 12-mile right. run now. And I run all of it, which is very unusual. You know, it's not used. I'm not used to doing that. So what yeah. I've tried to do now is work on the areas that I'm not good at. So I've been doing some speed work, short speed work, and then yeah. doing distant running for like two and a half hours over thirteen miles, and running all of it, which I'm finding hard. So I'm sort of just challenging myself in in different ways, really. I'm right. also doing yeah. um, plyometrics and strength training, which I I know, I know it benefits me, but it's just really hard when <laughs> I can go for mountains to stay in my kitchen and do hopping and jumping and lunges <laughs> and stuff like that. But now I'm, I'm doing them and I'm seeing the benefit of that as well. <clears throat> so I think that's, I don't know really what motivates me. I just keep wanting to, to keep going so I don't lose my fitness, I think. Yeah, it, it, it's a dead interesting. It's a dead interesting point. You, you've added great variety to to your training regimen. Um, yeah. And obviously, I don't know if you're on Strava or any sort of running group app, but I find Strava and having a community. We've got like a, a little bit of a challenge going at the moment where we're sort of um, uh, racing against each other. Like we call it the door to door challenge. So, I say yeah. if a friend of mine lives seven kilometres away from me. We both leave our house at the same time, social distancing, obviously. We pass each other at like almost a halfway point. And then coming back, you're thinking, oh, if I'm here and he's there, then I know I'm ahead. And I always feel like competition keeps you, um, yeah. keep, keeps you motivated. What's your, what's your take on, um, on the explosion of technology and running apps and garments and Fitbits? Do, 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 um... do you subscribe? <laughs> No, I mean my watch downloads, but I and I'm on Strava, but I keep everything quiet because I just don't want everybody going. Well, why have you done this today, and why uh, are you doing all that? I just think this is what I do that works for me, and I don't really want people. Yeah, fair enough. Following it and questioning <laughs> it, and yeah. Um, um, Nikki, to question you, you would have to have one hell of a CV, and I don't think there's many people in the <laughs> in the world could um, be pointing fingers. Um, one thing which sort of uh, interests me, and I don't know if a lot of people take it seriously, but how important would you say, uh, and what do you do for nutrition before, during, and after races? Uh, I just, I eat a lot of, well, not a lot of meat, but I eat a lot of vegetables. I'm a beef farmer, so we've always got beef in the freezer. Yeah, yeah 100%. And I tend to make all my own food, so I don't buy any processed like, right. food at all or ready meals or whatever they yeah. know. Um, and I think that's, that, that's what keeps me going a lot of the time. Just, yeah, good wholesome food every day, home cooked. 
Yeah. It takes, it takes a lot of time and planning or whatever, but mm. get used to eating it, then you don't, you don't like a, a pre-packed pizza or whatever, because you, <laughs> you're making your own. Um, at the moment, yeah, it's funny not being able to ha just go and have fish and chips, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all the more special when we can. <laughs> uh, it, it's funny you should mention that. Um, I, I don't know how much you know about the Hard Moon series or if you've if you've taken part in them, yeah. but it's. It, I've done races, but yeah, I know about the series. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's unbelievable what um what John what John did what what he created um, it's such a great vibe and me and my partner we were hiking from Saltburn to Whitby, which is roughly twenty one miles. And we just happened to do it on the day of, of the Hardmore 60. And all of a sudden, all these people started coming past us with sort of, I'd only ever really seen roadrunners. So I was like, oh, why are they carrying like, you know, chest, chest rigs and bottles? And, and sort of got talking to one, one guy and I was just, oh, what's going on? And he said, oh, it's, it's the Hardmore 60 today. And I was like, oh, not think, obviously not correlating that the 60 meant miles. And I said, oh, how far is it? And he went, oh, it's 60 miles. And I was like, in a day. <laughs> it's like... Well, I'm going to go for 14 hours. And I was like, 14 hours? And I was just fascinated by it. And that's how I got into sort of researching. And then obviously I, um, I found the Barclay and then, you know, um, Steve Birkinshaw and what he's achieved and Paul Turney and, and Jasmine Paris and yourself. And I'm like, this is beyond, like, mentally, how do people do it? And nutrition's a big part of it, Nikki, but... Being able to go to a dark place, can you train that or does it already have to be inside your DNA, do you think? No, I think you can train and ex you can train yourself in a way, but experience just gets you through it. Because once you've been through a dark place and come out the other side, then you should be able to tell yourself the next time, well, I'm going to come out the other side. Yeah. So I think that's the first time I had a bad patch was on my first BG. And when I came out the other side in after about two and a half hours of stumbling along things. Yeah. When, um, yeah. I suddenly somehow felt better and carried on going for another sort of 10 hours. Um, but it's hard when you first get into it to realize that you can. And a friend told me, she said, you know, you might have you might have a bad patch, and you'll just feel like you might feel really sick, or you're sleepy, or you've no energy, or all mm. of those things. But just keep going and and keep trying to eat, and and you'll come out the other side. Um, and I think that was the best piece of advice anybody could have given me, because when you go into them, you you know, you're halfway round a 24-hour round. You don't think at that point that you're going to be able to finish, because your Bye. body's really telling you to stop it doesn't know what's going on it's never done this before in its life um so yeah it's had enough it's four o'clock in the morning usually yeah uh, it's it... missed night's sleep that's what's doing it really it's like well hang on a minute where was what what happened to sleep <laughs> yeah <laughs> is there is there almost a certain time is there a certain triggers for it is it where you think it's going to get tough. Can you feel it come on or does it just snap its fingers and it's here? No, because sometimes it could come on really early in a round. It could really? come on like four hours and you just go, whoa, shit, I feel really <laughs> bad. I've only done four hours. And then it's even worse then because you think, I've got like another 20 hours to go and I already feel shit. But 
it, you just go through that then, and then you don't feel rubbish for the next like 20 hours. And, and do you take, I know the ultra running community is um, really supportive of each other, where sort of maybe road running is a bit more competitive. Yeah. I know I'm not saying you're not competitive, but you're more supportive of each other. Do you, do you sort of take comfort in thinking, well, I've had my bad moment, and I know that the person either in front of me or behind me maybe still have that to come? Is there a psychological element to it? I've never really thought of it like that, even in, say, a 100-mile race. <sighs> when I've just gone through a bad patch and um, yeah, you, you're more concerned with how you are than what than others how, are doing. Not everybody. You don't always have a bad patch. Weird. It, That's it, why it's so interesting actually, because you never know, like you, like it's the same with, with your stomach. You never yeah. quite know if you're going to start to have, have a bad stomach and start to throw up or whatever. You could sometimes go in, and you can your stomach will be absolutely fine. Yeah. And then something will go in, and three hours after starting, you start to feel sick, and you might be sick and stuff. And then, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting one, and and the reason sort of before you come on the podcast, I, I watched um I watched the Dragon Back the the year that Steve Birkinshaw won it, and one thing that fascinated me, the guy behind Steve, every time he came through a checkpoint, his first question was. What's out? How yeah. how long Steve been in? And I thought that has really got inside this guy's head. Do you know what I mean? Like he's almost forgot that he is an elite runner himself, but he's more putting all this time and effort into what Steve was doing. And I thought, and and I asked Steve when I spoke to him, he wasn't thinking about any. He was thinking about his race. And I thought, psych. There's a lot. There's a lot at play, isn't there? Um, psychologically. And one thing that interests me is. When you set off on a 100-mile race, at that start, are you thinking about the first checkpoint, um, a, a time split? Like, you, you're not thinking about the finish, are you, because it's too far away? Yeah, a bit of both, really, yeah. I'm thinking about trying to keep eating and drinking early on. Right. I'm not going off fast, because a lot, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people set off, say, on the UTMB. They just set off way too fast. Really? Um, and it's easy just to, to get dragged along because you're feeling fairly fresh. You've probably not run for like a week. Yeah. Uh, you're eager to get going. So it's really easy to actually just run at that pace, even though it's a bit, it's too fast. Yeah. You really need to reining yourself in a lot. So, yeah, I think about, about the first checkpoint. I'm always happier when I get more than halfway through. Or it through the first night is obviously like the UTMB will start at six o'clock at night. So yeah. you're always, you're always thinking about that night and I'm always happy when it's like four o'clock. You've got yeah. some, 10 or 12 hours. When it's, when, when, it's, when it's over sort of thing, that first section. Yeah. I think that's what, so when I set off, I'm always trying to rein myself in and just, and I get into the first checkpoint and, and try and, sort out what's in the checkpoints because that's the first time you'll ever see what food you're going to be offered throughout the rest of the <laughs> so I always use the first checkpoint as a bit of a trial run you know like yeah. pick up one of everything and then you know you get to know then you can try your stomach's quite good then so yeah. you can try all the bars they give you and then you can decide right I don't like those because they're, they're just disgusting or full of yeah. orange I can't chew them and then when you're feeling completely zonked 
you go into the checkpoints you just pick up the ones you like <laughs> yeah no it's it's a great point and um a friend of mine nigel denton he's a uh, he ran he tells a funny story he ran a, a marathon in the desert in morocco and he said it was sort of all a little bit higgledy piggledy and he said and when i got to my first checkpoint someone handed me an orange but even the, the orange wasn't peeled and he's like right so i have to run a marathon in the desert but now as well, he's like, I have to now run and peel an orange at the same time. And he said, I expended loads of energy peeling an orange thinking, I wish I'd brought more food. Because like you said, yeah. that, set the, that set the tone. So he knew yeah. when I got to the next checkpoint, I'm going to have to peel another orange. <laughs> and he said, he ended up peeling like 10 oranges in, in the entire yeah. time that he got around. I thought, that's really funny. Um, on your, do you have people who crew races for you and you, you Let's talk about the, the preparation. No, um, um, yeah, I suppose sometimes. Yeah. EMB, I had some people at the checkpoints, especially later on. I always think you, you're fine on your own at the beginning because you, you know, mm. you're fresh, you can think straight. It's yeah. later on when you've gone through that night of not having any sleep, it's really good to have somebody there because otherwise you just waste loads of time faffing. Yeah. Brain bushy you can't really think straight yeah you don't notice the time going around so fast either mm. you know people can spend like an hour in a checkpoint they think they've only been there 15 minutes but um, you, you yeah. just get really really inefficient the longer you go without sleep so <clears throat> yeah i find having somebody there later on just to say eat this drink this wear this, this get yeah. out <laughs> basically <laughs> it's almost like the body and the mind become separated don't they the longer you go yeah. it, the, the the incontinent thinking and even something such as um tying a set of shoelaces can become yeah. you know you've you've lost um dexterity haven't you and 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 other what we take for granted peeling a bar and peeling an orange filling the camel back these menial tasks once you get fatigued and I'm my background is I was a soldier and we use the term mong in it. So that sort of means just, you know, everything gets dead sluggish and it takes you longer to do everything that you do. Um, I mean, one thing I always seem to hate is filling camelbacks. Like there's just something about filling a camelback. I think, can we please invent a way of doing this more, <laughs> a little bit more streamlined? Cause it just get everything out of your rucksack, uh, mess around and it never quite goes back in the way you had it. But no, it's, it, it's, it's interesting. And, if you're running a hundred miles, would you break down, you know, I, I'm army, so I sort of do everything regimented. I would have, right, these are the shoes I'm going to wear at this point. These are the socks I want to wear. You know, you sort of vary the same in how you approach a big, a big race that you're going to think it's going to be really tough. Yeah, I try and get everything really organized. So my rucksack, I'll always have the same, like waters this side, energy yeah. drink. Side, bars at this side gels in that side yeah uh, just the same system so that you're never faffing and trying to find mm. stuff where if you stop to take stuff out of your rucksack like that you're, you're liable to lose something else yeah uh, and then as i'm running into a checkpoint i tend to try and get my brain organized into like the five things that i want to do so first of all what is the most important thing that you want to do in this checkpoint whether it's whether you feel right. hurt something like that so spend that maybe half an hour as you're running into the checkpoint thinking about what you want in the checkpoint rather than That's running smart. into that then having a because it's 
and that way I, I, I have found that you don't leave the checkpoint without having done that really important thing that you yeah. do like change your socks if you've got a blister or yeah, yeah. Get, get some energy drink if you run out of something like that you know yeah, yeah. yeah so oh, try an order of importance as you're actually going into the checkpoint so that because you can be running along on your own fairly much and then you, on your own and you, your brain's quite you know you're in a routine you're running it's fine you get into the yeah. checkpoint it's hot it's like there's loads of people asking might be asking you questions there's loads of other people everywhere and everything just yeah you don't know what you want and you haven't really thought it through so yeah no it's it, it's it's an interesting point because i suppose if you're running a a long section you can almost go into what i like to call like a cruise control mode where it's almost like your brain is dropping down activity but before you get into the rest point it's like right switch back on now what's hurting what needs sorting and you've got to stay motivated haven't you you, you raise a brilliant point about um people coming into checkpoints and I, i've seen it when i've worked on um large hiking events people come into checkpoints and before they know it they've lost like 35 40 minutes and it's like Come in, do what you got to do, and get the race finished. Chill out when the race is finished. It's no good taking a rest. Because I'm going into a checkpoint and go, right, you want to be out of here by usually a simple time, like mm. half or, or the o'clock, so that you remember it. Yeah. Because otherwise, you can get into a checkpoint, and you then, well, when did I actually get in? How long have I been in here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great point. And um, feet is something that, that, <laughs> that I've obviously just get asked all the time um with, with all the hiking stuff that i do but for me i always talk about prevention is better than cure um and i don't personally believe that foot foot powder and fresh socks and a, and a towel is is the way to go um what about yourself just same yeah. same method yeah yeah fresh socks a check over and then some some powder and off yeah people get bogged down in in cutting tape and um compede and anti-blister roller and it's like um you know the the, the paras went across the, the falklands on on foot powder carrying all that kit um let's just keep it let's keep it simple you attempted what what some people call the hardest race the barclay marathon and i've sort of done a bit of homework on the barclay and would you say it's hard because you don't know what you're going into then you know comparing it to say the marathon de Saab, which a lot of people obviously say is brutal yeah is it more that i don't know realistically what time i'm going to start i can't pre-recce the route you 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 remind me of someone who's very old school so map and compass more so yeah. than, than all this fancy technology so that's not an issue for you but a new runner maybe relies on a garmin or relies on a, a suntor um gps system and taking these comforts off them and saying no no we don't tell you what time we start and by the way um there's no real map recce how, how do you find that process it it did throw me to start with last year but then i just thought well i'm gonna have to approach it a bit like a mountain marathon where you don't know where you're going till the morning of the event yeah um yeah the not knowing when i was gonna start was also I just didn't really know how I was going to take to that. It was a bit weird. Yeah. I didn't do that well. Um, but then I don't think I would have done, even if I'd known the start was going to be nine o'clock in the morning, because it's the, the night before and you're in a campsite. There's yeah. 
noises. So I try and, uh, well, I don't let lack of sleep bother me. <laughs> <laughs> you're too, yeah, you, yeah, you're too uh, have, ro robust for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and not knowing where I was going, that was hard to take to start with. But yeah. again, so that was really quite, that's the disappointing thing about not having gone back and attempted mm. it again this year because I'd really studied the map where we went last year right uh, I could I could you know, I was running through it in my head if I was going on a long journey for like four hours I'd be just asking myself questions about what each book looked like and what the yeah what the ascent was like I was running through the route because we only did it clockwise yeah 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 I mean, I'd have had to have done it anti-clockwise so I reversed the route and I pictured it in my head this year. And whether I can keep all that in my head for another year, it's just like, oh, yeah. Uh, I think what I have to do is just go back to it and every month go, right, let's have a run through of the Barclay. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it really fascinates me as a race from a psychological point of view because he's a very, very, very clever man in what he's done there. Like, even even the entry process, he's designed that to sort of already start throwing spanners in the works. Like, it, you know, you've got to write an essay, haven't you, to get in? And it's like, it, it's he's he's stacking the cards very very early on in his favour. Yeah. It's it's really really psychologically interesting, and the fact that so few people have completed it. Um, you know, if he if he sort of ran it more conventionally, I think you would get more people finishing it, but I think it's because he uses such strong psychological blockers that people either just, you know, they just can't, um, they can't compute. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting. So you're going to go back 2021. Yeah. Wow. I'll, wow. I'll again and see if I get in again. And yeah. There's, there's some other sort of really um, high profile people um, interested in it. Um, Cam Haynes and David Goggins, I've heard them talking um, about r running the Barclay. Um, he's done a great job of, of promoting the Barclay. And it, when you get people like yourself and, and people like that talking about going and doing the Barclay, I think it's, it's amazing. Um, are you aware of David Goggins? He's a very interesting character. Um, no. He talks about putting calluses on the mind. Um, uh, he's run the Bad, uh, is it the Bad Water 100? He, he's run lots of sort of ridiculously tough races and he's all about being uncomfortable all the time like he loves being uncomfortable that's his sort of his driving factor he's um he's worth a listen he's a he's a very interesting guy on, uh, on instagram but um one thing that's really going well at the moment nikki and, and I, I said to you in an instagram message um lots of young women are, are looking at elite runners like yourself and saying wow let, let's get in there and let's Put the fellas to shame. Um, the the field is strong. Um, yourself, um, Jasmine Paris. Um, yeah. it, it's Fiona Rocks as well. I mean, Fiona Rocks' stories again. It, it's unbelievable. Why do you think there's this big uplift in women wanting to to really get amongst these big distance races? I think we're just because I I always think that. In the 80s, we, well, 70s, 80s, we weren't really allowed to run marathons. That's crazy. So we're actually we're sort of 30 years behind the blokes, the women are, in trying to think like, well, actually, you know, little girls, instead of looking at ballet, they might be looking at running. <laughs> yeah, um, well. Um, 
now looking at football, women's football's, you know, really taking off. So I think it's just a sort of natural progression that the more of us that do it um, and show that other women can do it, then, you know, the girls will be like, oh, I, I want to be like her. Um, and they'll go out and work hard. And then, you know, one in 10 or one in 100 or whatever, like men, one like Jasmine, you know, she's really come through. She's actually challenging the men. Yeah, um, 100%. Yeah, one one in however many will actually be really right up there. They've just got the you know the DNA, the training, um, and and they can really compete. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's it's dead interesting because me me and my partner we we're, we're planning on running the sixty together now. Um, I'm really worried at the back end of the race. I'm really going to flag <laughs> because I'm larger, muscle density, bone density. And I feel like those last 20 miles, I'm going to really suffer. Um, and she's going to absolutely terrorise me. And if it wasn't for that fact that I'm the navigator, um, she, she might leave me. Um, do you think long distance running lends itself better to women's physiology? Yeah. You know, we haven't got the, the male physique. We can't do short distances as fast as what <laughs> men can do them. Um, but as soon as you get over like two hours, as soon as you get into 30 miles, it's more like you, you have to look after yourself. You have mm. to be able to pace yourself at the beginning of the race. You have to have self-discipline. Yeah. You have to feed yourself when you don't really want to. Um, you know, like Jasmine's uh, sleep strategy on the spine was incredible and just things like that. So we, we know we're not as fast as men. So we look at all the other aspects that we can hone in on and improve. Mm. Smarter, yeah. You yeah. run smart. You run smarter. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's an incredible, it's an incredible feat. And and I'm just wondering, sort of, some of the big, the 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 big records that have been set previously. Um, and I'll use the like Paul Turney's record. You know, how long before a woman says, "Do you know what? I think I can, you know, yeah, do that and and break it because almost it doesn't matter, does it? It's that fire and it's that tough that it, it comes down to something different than a chromosome yeah. it's it's a completely different beast and i heard today about a race um it sounds bizarre but it's an ultra an ultra race but you do a four mile loop and it starts as you've got to get around within an hour and then get back and everyone yeah. starts on the hour and i'm like wow that's a real game changer because if you can do a four mile and say half an hour boom you're around in half an hour but i can do it in 45 minutes we're both starting again at that start line yeah. but it's it's about who's got more mental toughness so people yeah. who maybe's nowhere near as fast actually once you get into this deep water maybe they can win that sort of race has that ever interested you you ever done anything like that before no i haven't no yeah it's called the backyard ultra it's yeah one has his ideas. <laughs> yeah. Um, crazy brilliant love it it's really it's all about well, not all about mental strength, obviously, it's mm. physical as well, but it, yeah, it's about sleep deprivation and the fact that you've just got to get around that four miles and then you've just got to be back on that start line again on the hour. That's that's um, some um, mad science. Uh, yeah. Nikki, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Um, we're flying through the time and I'm conscious of your time, so um, I'm sort of going to close down the show with what I like to call the five watts. Um, COVID-19 is caused a lot of people to change routine. So um, that being said, uh, first one, what does your day look like? 
Well, it's it's the alarm goes off at six, but if I'm if I'm awake, then I'll get up because I usually like to set off on my run before seven because yeah. um, the footpaths just get busy. I like mm-hmm. to take like one or two dogs with me, so I don't yeah. like to meet other people. And um, mm. so yeah, I get up and then come back from that. We do the farm jobs and yeah. then find more farm jobs like returning cows out at the moment or yeah. i'm actually trying to catch up with all the office work at the moment which <laughs> is tedious but honey i'm working through my list <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's great uh the second one you've sort of covered it what workouts are you doing yeah so i run in the morning um and then i've done myself a plyometrics plan because I know it makes sense, but when I'm <laughs> usually I'm too busy or I've always got something better to do than <laughs> biometrics. But at the moment I'm doing them three times a week and I, I can already see the benefits. So maybe wow. when I'm when this is over I it'll give me the encouragement to keep going with them. Any any particular programme or is it something that you've made yourself? Are you following someone's programme? No, I've I've made it up myself. Uh, it's a running programme. Right. I've sort of yeah I've designed it around me and also around my kitchen so <laughs> <laughs> brilliant that's the best place for it. yeah class boxes and all the rest of the stuff that you need so it's just what I've got yeah I've seen a lot of people at the moment turning kitchens conservatories garages into these new sort of fangled gyms um finding a way that's what we do find a way um third one uh uh what have you started? Obviously, you've started Pyrometrics. Anything else? Anything new that's come on the radar? Um, I've bought some curtain material and I've <laughs> right. just a book. So, yeah, I don't know how I've started it yet. I haven't quite, haven't quite worked up the courage to actually cut the material yet. But, <laughs> um, uh, what have you stopped? Anything that you enjoyed doing before the well stopped, which has now yeah, stopped you? Probably- yeah. Mountains and running in the mountains, God, racing. Yeah. Well, yeah, although we've started a like you said, your doorstep thing. Yeah. Got, now I've got like a virtual series, so we've got like a four-mile route that we do every Saturday. Oh, brilliant! Each other, but not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, that, that's uh, brilliant. Just a, a one away from that. Do you have a favourite mountain by any chance? Is there anywhere in particular that you love? Any particular mountain? Um. No, I just, no, I could go to any. Yeah. Yeah, Peak District, Lake District, Wales. Yeah. I I mean, I was exploring Scotland, so yeah, yeah, back to Scotland where it's, yeah, bigger and more remote. Yeah. Various there. So, uh, fifth and final one, Uh, what's the first thing you're going to do after lockdown's finished? I think I might know this. Yeah, go to Scotland. (laughs) Go go to Scotland. all the work that I am at the moment, all my accounts and everything, so that yeah, yeah. As soon as I can go. I mean, what one place in Scotland where, where I love is is Galloway. I don't know if you've ever been to Galloway. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Loads, beautiful. It's almost like a mini Scotland, and everyone obviously drives past it to go Ben Nevis, etc. But uh, I love Galloway. It's it, it's yeah. probably one of my favourite places in the UK. It's so much history. Obviously, Robert the Bruce and, and all that sort of stuff, and to, it's yeah. a magical, magical place. Um, Nikki, uh, I'm honoured that you'd come on the show. I, I think you're an absolute unbelievable human being. You're a real inspiration to loads of people out there who are looking to get fit, looking to get into running, 
take running to the next level. Where can people find you if you want them to via social media? Please don't give out your home address. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I think Instagram and Facebook as Nikki Spinks. Yeah. yeah. N- no website? No, another website? Uh, it's called RunBG. Right, okay. I think if you Google Nikki Spinks, it might be the first thing that comes up. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's been the sensation that is Nikki Spinks. Um, uh, it can be achieved if you want to get out there and challenge yourself, then there's plenty of stuff out there to challenge yourself with. Uh, Nikki, look, thanks very much for your time. It's been an honour speaking to you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.